0: So I'm Tom Morello. This is Maximum Firepower. I, my good friends uh, and guitar virtuoso Steve Vise with me. Steve, it's so lovely to see. What's going oh, on, Oh, it's man? so nice. Thanks for the invitation, Yeah, Tom. of course. We've discussed this in person, but now discuss, I've been a fan of yours for a very, very long time. The first time where your name came across my young guitar player, Grid, was there was a flexi disc in a guitar magazine of your song, Blue Powder. And, you know, and I ripped it out of the magazine and put it on my, my 45 player and really could i mean it was it was a revelatory moment it's like when oh my it, goodness. it was a revelatory moment where i just heard something that just was beyond outflanked the parameters Mm. of what I thought guitar playing both in sort of style and substance and kind of from sort of a, a sonic adventurousness to a emotional depth in a piece. It was really like stunning as as someone who was, I was, I was in the middle of my practicing eight hours a day and it really was a tremendous, that flexi disc was a tremendous inspiration. So do you remember that at all? Like that? Uh, that uh, Absolutely. I
1: I remember it because I had originally recorded blue powder as a demo for a Carvin x100b amp Mm. because it was the first stack that i ever owned they gave it to me because i couldn't really afford anything way back then yeah uh so i i did my best and and the song just kind of you know i thought in doing that and and all the other stuff the solo work back then i kind of felt like that what i was doing was just my own little secret that no one was really gonna ever hear it i can do whatever i want yeah You know, it's not, it's not uh, Dave Roth. It's not uh, this. So I was very kind of open and a song like Blue Powder, that was just a stream of consciousness. You know, the chords and the melody just, just came right out. And then I recorded that. And at the time they were doing these uh, little promos in the, the guitar player magazine, but to Imagine that it would make its way to you and have that kind of yes, a reception. Yes, yes. was quite it's quite a surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, in my apartment on Normandy here, I had just moved to LA, mm-hmm. and and it was and anyway, so that that was when I first heard your name. Then I then I did some research. There was no internet researching, but but then you know I learned of your work with Frank Zappa, and it's like at the time you know I was like a heavy metal and punk rock person. And Frank Zappa was really not on my radar, and I did listen yeah. to some of that, and I was just sort of amazed at one sort of like the quirky brilliance of Frank's sort of lyrical yeah. vision. And then, yeah. and what felt to me almost like a mismatched way, the musical complexity that, that, accom- right. that accompanied it was just, mismatched, which is yeah. crazy. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. and he's the guitar player doing that stuff. So anyway, that, and then of course the eat him and smile. So all of us, yeah. you know, those of us who were heavy metal gunslingers at the time, you know, Eddie Van Halen of course was on the pillar and the band breaks apart. And we don't, we think like, this is the yeah. end, <laughs> this is the end of good guitar playing on records as, 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 <laughs> yeah. as we know it and then diamond dave surprises everybody and mm-hmm. i remember like seeing a maybe like a, a preview to the record i was like that's the blue powder guy there's a chance like there's the a blue cha- Powder there's, guy. A, there's, a, <laughs> there's a there's a ch- there's a chance and then t- you know revelation number two was hearing eddie of course we all had on a pedestal and there's no possible way someone can fit in those shoes. And while you didn't try to fit in those shoes, you created boots of your own equal size that that satisfied all of us who loved, you know, that vibe and that style. So tell me a little bit about like that that moment in time.
1: It's a very touching way of putting it. Thank you. I think you nailed it. The the odd thing to me was, uh, you know, uh, since you know my background, I'm not a conventional kind of a rock metal Mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. There's some very quirky i think that quirkiness is my strength yep yep Yep. i think that's one of the reasons dave was attracted because dave's kind of quirky you know and um when the phone rang well when i heard that uh dave was putting a band together the moment i heard that something just said to me that's your gig yeah Not that it was like, you know, I want that gig. I want, this is, I've got to beat everybody. There was nothing like that. It was just this little voice that said, whether you want it or not,
0: that's (laughs) your gig. (laughs) This is the future. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's coming.
1: (laughs) And then, you know, like clockwork, a a day later, the phone rings or whatever. And it's Dave Roth. And I just thought, there it is, you know. Yeah. 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 And of course, I was enamored with Edward. He was Mm -hmm. just, you know, so I didn't even register the idea of trying to compete with him because that's just foolish, you know? And plus I couldn't. And also – I just liked what I was doing. Yes, yeah. You know? yeah. I kind of like thought, okay, great. This is a because there's all this quirky side to me and all this muso stuff, but there's you know I grew up on Led Zeppelin,
0: yeah, yeah. you know,
1: and Kiss and uh, all the great great rock music of the seventies. That was my juice. Yeah. So this was a great opportunity. I, I just knew it. I saw it, and I said, okay, I I know I love Edward, but can't go there. Yeah, and and know? the one thing
0: the one thing that that came across. Was so surprised, you know, for fans of what had happened and what was about to happen in the Yankee Rose video, which was was the introduction <laughs> to the planet. And I'm like, this guy is now stepping into the spot on stage that was previously handled by Edward yeah, Van Halen, I know that. and and <laughs> and he's not scared. Like that's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, that guy's just rocking me, like like he he's assuming. I'm coming right along for this ride cuz he's there and I'm like I was like and I am. <laughs> well that's a real interesting that's a
1: very interesting way to put it because I actually felt that way but I I have to say and and you know it's always hard to search your own heart mm-hmm. you know but I felt that way I actually felt that the fans you don't compare anybody to Edward. That's right. Yeah. You know you yeah. just this guy here that's up there now is just who he is, and he's just offering something else. That's
0: right. I like it or I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, what, but what you were offering had it was different enough, and it had an entirely different sort of spectrum and of its of its own colors that was in in the mind of mine. It was like it was equal to. I wasn't like it wasn't like they got the guy from Autograph. No disrespect to Autograph, but anyway, like there were a lot of players who played like Eddie Van Halen at the time, and they didn't. Dave didn't plug one of those guys in. He found someone right. with his own unique and powerful artistic vision that was now in that world of, you know, and it was just, it was fantastic. So, so yeah, I, tell you. me, tell me if this story is true. Cause I, I remember reading it at the time. So that record comes out and now, it's a thing. And now you are known you are no longer uh, yeah. <laughs> the Berkeley student and the Frank Zappa flexi disc guy. You're the guitar player man. Was there a moment where you walked into the Rainbow Bar and Grill, the hallowed heavy metal establishment yeah. on the sun- Sunset Strip, where, at the, you know, ground zero for all things rock and roll yeah. and metal. And like you yeah. walked in and there was like a standing ovation. Did that happen? Yeah, that was, that's yeah. so it, awesome. Dude. It was <laughs> well. It was it was bizarre, you know, because you're right. Back
1: then in the '80s, the Rainbow was just like the go-to hang. Yeah,
0: yeah, you
1: know. And I, again, it was a. I lived right around the corner when I first moved here. Yeah, you know, right on Fairfax. But I was, you know, I. I wasn't so much
0: part of this that scene. Right. 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 Entirely. Right, right. You yeah. know, I was
1: kind of I dabbled in it.
0: Yeah. 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 I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You and know? Well, everybody in that scene had that record and everybody in that scene who had that record had the same reaction that I had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that I came to discover that later. And it it was so interesting because I was in Dave's basement for like a year mm-hmm. and completely sheltered from uh, yeah, any any yeah, of this yeah, yeah. and it didn't hit me until the record actually came out and I would go out yeah i mean the first thing that happened this is you'll get a kick out of this i go to the gym like i've been doing for years same gym and the record's out and i'm walking through the uh, parking lot and there's this guy that's screaming through the parking lot in his car, <laughs> you know, and he he almost he has to stop and his brakes screech and he beeps the horn and he's got the music blasting, blasting. He's, he's jamming to the music and he beeps the horn and he, he looks at me and he screams some profanity, you asshole or something like yeah. that. And I just look at him and go, oh, dude, you know. He's listening to eat him and smile. <laughs> <laughs> You're like,
0: I'm like, who's the asshole? Like, You're yeah, the who, one what? <laughs> yeah, and oh, then when funny. we
1: got to, uh, well, you know that the energy of an arena. Yeah, you know, you know the
0: energy yeah. of a stadium. Yeah. I mean, I saw, you know? well, I saw you on that tour. <laughs> I saw you guys at the Forum on that tour. I saw you at the, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Forum yeah. on that tour. I was in the last row and I enjoyed it tremendously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was great. I mean, you know, for me at that age, at that time, I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, it was totally yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, it, it, And it I played like it. the part. You know, yeah. I played
1: the part. I wore the clothes. I uh, acted the part. Yeah. I, you know, I maneuvered. I was a total, you know, you had the, I was a total
0: you, like pseudo rock star. You, you, had you, know, the, you had the hair for it. I had the hair, <laughs> everything, it attitude. Was you had all of that in, in spades. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is the Passion of Warfare record because that was really, you know, that and sort of surfing with the alien, the Joe Satriani record. It was really kind of like the high water mark of like sort of the commercial acclaim of solo instrumental guitar players. I mean, sort of there had been a Jeff Beck wave before, and guitar right. players enjoyed the Ingve Malmsteen record and whatnot. But this was these were like. Gold or platinum record. I'm not sure, but but it was yeah. they were records that were heavily promoted, you know, yeah. to the world in in competitive in like a pop way, in a you know in a, in a rock yeah. way, and for for a record that is that sort of g- great and challenging musically. I mean, this, it's a musician's record, right? Yeah. It's a it's very much a musician's record that is like unapologetic in it's Steve Vines, without. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, there's, I do. There, there's the one song that's like a little hot for teacher style, which might've been the singular yeah. song. There's something that's a little bit got one foot in the world of this is something not totally removed from what what you might know see, it, it see was on a MTV. bit of a piss
1: take on van halen yeah too. yeah yeah
0: but <laughs> the record as a whole is really a like you feel the, the artist's soul in that record you know what i mean mm. and for that yeah. to sell a million copies so tell me a little about that record but the one thing i want to ask about specifically is another steve vi rumor which i i hope is true and please tell me it is even if it's not is that for some of the either i'm not sure what it was for the love of god or for blue powder or something that you actually did fasting before the recordings of the songs. Like the the there needed to be some sort of spiritual cleansing before you got your humbuckers going. I'd like to hear about that. That's, that's, <laughs> I'd fast, be happy to tell that's fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when I look at my career, it was a series of perfect storms. You know, things took place in perfect timing to kind of unfold this quirky, weird career of mine and when passion and warfare came out there was so many there was so much momentum i had had the attitude song made a big splash the crossroads oh, the yes. david lee roth i mean all of these things were like adding up and and at that point i knew that i was i was uh, sort of giving myself to a particular side of my muse you know the particular side of the music i like but i was depriving myself of this other side, this quirky musical that had all these harm melodies and visions and yeah. things like that. And at one point when I left Dave Roth's band, I just decided, I just, you know what it's like. You just, you just have to do this. Yes.
0: Yes, I do. I very yeah, much you do. You just that. have to do it.
1: And I actually, at one point I made a conscious decision that this is going to be the, probably going to be the end of my career mm-hmm. because it's not,
0: Yes. Dave, it's not yes. all this big stuff. Yes. It's not white. It's not white. It's not white. snake. It's, white it's, snake, snake. it's none know? of this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's where the unapologeticness came in. There was nothing to lose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, it was just like, nobody's going to care. Right. Right. No. What does anybody care what this guy is doing? Yeah. It's, a, it's a
0: great place to create from and to make it's art. A great from. it's a place. great place it's, to create from. Yeah.
1: It's the best place because yeah. there's freedom in it, you know? Yeah. So when I made the record and it came out, I actually thought, this is the end of my career. I'm not going to, can't tour. I can't yes, do anything. Yeah, yeah. But I had joined Whitesnake. Mm-hmm. So I was actually on tour with Whitesnake when the record came out. And I remember I was, uh, I think it was in Toronto and I was in a radio station and I was going up, I was in the building and I was going up to the, I don't know, whatever floor. Yeah. And I met this guy in the lobby and this is a week after the record came out. And he says, Hey, congratulations. I heard that your record's number 18 with a bullet and it went gold already and i absolutely was convinced that this guy had no idea what he was talking yeah, about he was, talking that about the, he was, he was actually talking
0: about the white snake record or something yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or, yeah.
1: Or he was talking to the wrong person he yeah, didn't even know who yeah. i was yeah. you know and i and i just you know i just went oh, yeah cool thanks and then i go up and i <laughs> i sit down and the the guy turns the mic on and the first thing the dj says is what does it feel like to have a record that's 18 with a bullet and has gone gold in the first week? And I I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> what? Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: that was, a, that was a real surprise. But yeah, I used to, there was a period that I went through this great uh, metaphysical sort of revival, you know, and I was studying spirituality. I was hanging out at the Bodhi Tree bookstore. And I was doing all these things because I came from a place – of some real mental challenges, and I needed to go through a complete trans a transformation. And I found all this great stuff, and I got very heavily into it, especially back in the uh, flexible days. Mm-hmm. And then with Passion and Warfare, you could see, like even in the liner notes and stuff, there's all this uh, mystic kind yes, of yes, yes, you know. yes. But there was some things that I mean, I was serious about it at the time. I mean, I was doing intense cognizant dream recollection and and astral projection studies and this kind of thing and one of the other things i did i needed to get my health together before i was i never i gave it precious little attention so one of the books i came across was the miracle of fasting by paul bragg i think that's his name and i read this book and i became very into it and i started to fast i started uh once a week and then twice a year for 10 days at a time. Because it does, uh, you know, it, I wouldn't recommend just doing it. I mean, I studied it. Mm-hmm. And it was f- fascinating and, and actually phenomenal what it does to you, how it changes your mental state. Of course, there's a difference between a fast that you do for yourself for health benefits and starving.
0: Right, right. You know, right. being
1: in a situation where you're just, you know, being malnutrition. this is very mm-hmm. different, you mm-hmm. know. So this was for health benefits, and uh, it definitely will put you in some altered states.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I happen to have been on a, uh, the fourth day of this fast, of this one of these 10-day fasts, when I had to record the solo for, For the Love of God.
0: Ah, well, you can yeah. hear it in there. <laughs> yeah, and, but because the fourth day is the toughest. Yeah.
1: After that, it actually gets easier. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was other things we used to do. Like, for instance, uh, I was fascinated with pyramids at one point way back. And I built this small replica of the Great Pyramid in uh, Egypt based on the same dimensions, but just enough for me to sit under it. Yeah. (laughs) And I recorded a lot of stuff. Under oh my that gosh. pyramid. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. Including
0: for the love of God. Oh, my gosh. So you're <laughs> yeah. four days into a fast. In a, sitting in a pyramid. Sitting man. in a pyramid. Well, when I go back to listen to that, I will I will be think, <laughs> I'll be thinking that that image will be forever emblazoned. I'm Tom Morello. and This is Maximum Firepower. My guest is guitar virtuoso and spectacular all around dude, Steve Vai. Now you mentioned something that uh, uh, was not on my little list, but we have to talk about. And I can't believe that I forgot. Is the movie Crossroads? Mm. Because that was again, it was a meteor for those of us. Like there was, yeah. there was no touchstone for that. I mean, we were fans of you know Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen, but here's a guy we didn't even know. You know what I mean? Like if like the way that. I mean, and this may be just sort of the way that the music industry works, but it's like you knew of all the people who were right, great, right, who right. were great guitar players because they were being marketed to. You know what I'm saying? And. I'm like, well, that must really be the devil's guitar. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so Crossroads, by the way, is a is a great movie with Ralph Macho. Is that Ra- Yeah, Ra- Ralph, 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 Ralph Macho, Macho who yeah. goes on this journey to the crossroads where this bluesman has sold his soul to the devil and he's trying to reclaim it. And it's an okay movie, but the last okay but the last eighth of the movie is five is <laughs> five stars. Because the whoever plays the devil in it is fantastic. And Steve yeah. Vai is the devil's guitar player who goes up against Ralph Macho. Now, what we all learned later was that you played both parts you played both the yeah. complex um classical parts that win spoiler alert that wins it for ralph macho and, and your own as well <laughs> but now i played this for uh, this m- movie i showed this movie to my kids my kids are now 10 and 11 when they were uh, wow. about, uh, about a year ago and one of them is He's into pop music and hip hop, and he just thinks that I'm absolutely ridiculous in everything that I do. <laughs> and like a, like a, My kids do abs, like absolutely ridiculous. My younger one is a guitarist and has an ear for, for this sort of thing, but they both were riveted by that scene. Uh, I got to say, they, it was there's a great sort of art in both of in that the end of that movie, and yeah. and now where did that fall sort of on the timeline of your career? Was that before well, Dave? that was. A- Yes,
1: because that was – I was in Alcatraz at the time. Yes, you
0: were. I forgot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And
1: uh, the Attitude song had come out in a flexi-disc in Guitar Player. And uh, Ry Cooter, who was scoring the film, was looking for a guitar player, a hotshot. Yeah. So he called guitar – player magazine and asked, hey, you know, I need, I need a hot shot that can do this. And they played him the attitude song over the phone. Yeah. Tom Wheeler. <laughs> and and you he got said, the that's gig. the guy. You got the
0: gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And at first it was just to build a dual scene. And I read the script and I said, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, I love theater. Yes, you know, sure. I'm a ham. I mean, the yeah. ham is cooking, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a total like actor, performer, not actor, but you know, yeah. I'm a ham. And, I read this script and I was like, I got this shit, man. I know exactly (laughs) because what they were doing before that was it wasn't working. They had all, you know, some other guys come in, but they were jamming.
0: Right, right. You right, know, you right. can't
1: this is it's it's theater. You gotta make it like, you know. Yeah. So I worked with Rye on that and it, it was just fantastic. Rye did all the slides.
0: That's stuff right, that's right. And you did and all I the, did technical the other stuff. crazy stuff, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was great fun. You know, it, it's another example of a, a part of a perfect storm. You I mean, you can do a hit record, you can have a hit record, but being in a, like a hit movie
0: Yeah
1: that changes everything
0: yes yes yeah Yeah. and it really yeah because everybody saw your face and it was at a time where ralph macho was really big in karate kid world and so it had it had a lot of people's attention and i gotta say the last eighth of that movie holds up really strong No, yeah
1: it's Uh, so funny i hadn't seen it in decades and i i watched it not too long ago and uh, well a while when i was putting the passion of warfare together because i used clips from it Mm -hmm. and i'm like who is that guy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, wow, a, what a so arrogant! I was gonna say that know? guy is feeling himself was, in that. Yeah, right. yeah, he like he's ready to go, and, and it came across in a way that was very compelling. Yeah. Okay, I was
1: like that in yeah. my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it, it comes across, it comes, which is fiercely which, confident. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing too: is like it's sort of in my career as well. Like I, my records, came, my records that people heard came out in an ear where no one played a guitar solo, but I right. spent my eight hours a day learning how to play guitar solos with Steve I and Randy Rhodes and this, that, and the other. And so, like, and you did, like, like the Zappa and the Berkeley world that informs, you know, when you then put on, you know, strap on the spandex, you're not just a guy strapping on the spandex. You're a guy that has a whole right. reservoir of stuff yeah. that people don't recognize as there, but you come across as an artist that's very different from those who are just, have scratched the surface of learning how to tap.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. The funny thing to me is that you're interviewing me. I'm happy to. I'm a
0: super fan, dude.
1: Like, I, but fan. you're just such a great contributor to the guitar environment. A- aside from your your incredible contribution as a musician and an artist, I, I mean, we're sitting here talking about me, but frankly, your contribution is is unique. And and I use that word in the true sense. I mean, it's unique. And when you say you sat and listened to me. And were practicing eight hours a day, what that turned into is a form of creativity that has nothing to do yeah. with conventional solos or ma- I mean, you broke the mo I mean, so creative and interesting and and the energy, I mean, it was so interesting to me about is it okay that I'm I'm waxing on your show? This the thing that was so interesting to me is you're just such a, a down to earth Humble, intelligent, and, you know, politically motivated. And that's all just incredible, you know, because you're so humble and kind. But, man, the energy that comes out of the riffs, thats are so authentic and palpable, along with the uniqueness of what you've created on the guitar as, you know, At a time, it was another perfect storm. My perfect storm was supported by many other people who created great accomplishments that then offered them to me to ride along with, Mm -hmm. and I was able to contribute. You built the boat, you know, at a perfect time when you came out, when the band came out, and it hasn't stopped. You continue to evolve doing more interesting, more colorful, more melodic, creative things that... The thing that I respond to the most in any artist is when I experience the unexpected mm. in a way that I feel it came from a uniquely inspired place that only resides in them. Because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody has the ability to be uniquely creative. You, you either need the courage or you need the ignorance. You need the uh, bliss, bl- blissfulness to not even know that you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just—I I don't know. This is just what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and uh, for whatever reason, your contribution has just been so powerfully unique. I mean, it is just unique. Well, well, thank, thanks,
0: Steve. I mean, that's and, just, and just also I just want to say
1: yeah. uh, it's really nice and it's very helpful for an artist to have someone like you supporting me because you have been one of my greatest oh. supporters in the guitar yeah. community yeah. in my entire career. And your voice carries. Yeah. So I yeah. Well, it's, well, it's, it's all, <laughs> it's,
0: it's well, it's well-deserved and, 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 and well-earned. All right, brother. Thank, thank you so you, much, Tom. Steve. Uh, until next time, take it easy, but take it. Let foes of justice tremble. This has been Tom Morello's Maximum Firepower. Hear this episode again, or listen to past shows right now on the SiriusXM app. Search maximum firepower.